passage will be in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, we'll be starting in verse 28. I'm sure you've heard this passage before. Surely one of the verses, specifically verse 28. But I don't know if you've ever spent much time thinking about it, if you've ever pondered what it meant. And hopefully this morning we can be of some help as we see what the Lord is saying to us here. Romans chapter 8, in verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. For whom He did foreknow, He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of His Son, that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom He did predestinate, them He also called, and whom He called, them He also justified, and whom He justified, them He also glorified. Let's bow our heads in prayer, if you would. Father, ask Your blessing now on this message, a blessing on the truth that is contained here. Remove the distractions from our hearts and from our minds, Lord. If there is hard soil today, that you would break it up. Remove the weeds that might choke out the word and do the work that only you can do by your spirit. Lord, I am not up to the task. This is your word and your message. So please speak through me. Set me to the side, Lord, and do the work that only you can do. I pray that all that is said and all that you will do on our hearts will be for your glory. In Jesus' precious name I pray, amen. Romans 8.28 is one of those verses. A lot of people know it, right? A lot of people can probably quote it to some extent. Uh, A lot of people probably have it hanging on their walls in their home, whether it's cross-stitch or those new kind of decals that people put on on their their walls. People probably have it in their homes. I've seen it on bumper stickers. I've even seen it on t-shirts with the phrase, it's all good, Romans 8.28, down, down below in the corner. People know it. We're familiar with it. It's easy to love it. It's a powerful verse, right? That's a powerful truth that's there. It's easy to love it, and it's easy to throw around, well, when things are all good. It's easy to say all things are working together for good when things are good. But what about when things are bad? What about when life stinks? That can be a different story, can't it? That could be a totally different story. Because then, well, we can't really see it as clearly. We can't see the truth. And you know what? Sometimes, there's even times when it's quoted to us, probably by a well-meaning brother or sister that, that is trying to help, but they kind of just kind of throw it out there, like, oh, just pray and everything will get better, or just give it to God. You know, these phrases we kind of just throw out to each other that really, well, they can kind of, set us back sometimes, actually, if we don't truly explain and help and see what it means. Because listen, there's times when our head is spinning from things that are going on when we need a little help, don't we? Well, let me tell you, beloved, that's why we have the Bible. That's why we have verses like this. The Bible's not just a collection of quippy quotes for us to throw out there and like magic little buttons that make everything good. No, it's truth that will speak to all situations that we face that is to take a deep root in our heart and help us through. Even in the hardest times, the Bible gives us help. It gives us guidance. It gives us answers, doesn't it? And if we listen, if we trust what God is saying to us through His Word, we're going to find the strength and the help that we need. And the realities of verses like this are going to sink down deep in our heart. They're going to take root and they're going to do exactly what they're supposed to do. So wherever you might find yourself today, whether it's good, bad, or somewhere in between, I pray you would open your hearts as the Spirit speaks and and let this take deep root. Because if you haven't needed it yet, you're going to. You're going to need to understand what Romans 8.28 is saying. I want to start with that first phrase. Look there in verse 28. And we know. I love when Paul uses language like that. You see, we don't guess. We don't think. 
There's some things we know that we stand on, on solid ground, on a a foundation. We are confident about some things. And that's what I want to speak to you about this morning. Having confidence in God, having confidence in some principles that we'll see this morning. There are confidences, strengths that we have as a child of God and as a member of His body. There are some truths that we know. Now, this Greek word for know is different than just a head knowledge. I think there's a lot of people that have a head knowledge of God. They might know some things about Him. And even people within His church, they probably know a lot. Maybe they have some memorized scriptures. But there's a difference between having a head knowledge and having a heart knowledge, isn't there? There's a difference between knowing some things and understanding some things. That's why Proverbs, Solomon in Proverbs says, with all that getting, get an understanding. That's the most important thing. And there are some things that we should know, that we should be confident in. This word means to see, to perceive. It's translated as see in John chapter 3. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God in other places. It's talking about perception, about seeing, about understanding some things. There's some things we understand this morning. We have some assurances based on the wonderful God that we serve and our relationship with Him. We've already looked at them in chapter 8. We have confidence. We know that we have been freed from eternal condemnation. Verse 1, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. My past sin has been forgiven in Christ. It's gone. And all of the sins that I commit now can be forgiven when I confess... Because the Bible says in 1 John, He is faithful to forgive and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. So I know and I can have confidence that I stand before Him spiritually justified. I have been cleansed by the blood of Christ. I don't worry about eternal condemnation and hell. That's been taken care of. Just as we heard this morning from Brother Bob, he knows the date. He can look back to the the moment that he trusted in Christ. And I pray that you can too this morning. For me, I was a young boy, eight years old. I grew up in church, but the message finally hit me that I needed a Savior, that I was guilty of my own sins. And it was March 19th, 1990, when I went home and in the foot of my parents' bed, I trusted in Christ as my Savior. I can look back to that point. Listen, you may not know the day, you might not know the date, but if you can remember the point, you are confident that Christ has saved you. We stand on that. I stand on solid ground. I pray that each one of you do this morning on that issue. We also know and we are confident that we have been freed from the power of sin over us. I am alive in Christ and freed from the bondage of sin. Look in verse 2. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. I am alive in Him. He rules my life now. He gives me life and sin has no more claim over me. Because His power works in me. Verse 6, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. If I follow Him, if I keep my mind on Him, sin's power is broken and I am alive and living in Him. We are confident this morning of His presence in our lives. Look at verse 9. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. As part of His body, we are a living stone where the Spirit dwells. He is filling my mind, my life, and my heart, walking with me. Verse 16. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. There is a communion that happens now with Christ. If children, verse 17, then heirs, heirs of God, and join heirs with Christ. You see the relationship, the presence that we have with the Spirit? I am confident in that. I'm confident in the glory that is coming. Verse 18, For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. I am confident this morning of help along the way. Verse 26, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. We've talked about all these things. These are the solid ground which we stand on. We know some things about God. We are confident. We see it. We understand it. You have experienced these things 
and you live in their realities. Sometimes it can be a little more vibrant. Sometimes we can kind of slip, right? But we know what God has done for us. We know the way He's worked for us. So listen, if we are confident in, a work of, in His work in the past, salvation and all that He's done and all that He's brought us to right here, if we are confident in the future promise that is coming, we talked about that last sermon, right? That's our living hope. Then we can be fully confident in His plan in His working in our lives right now. We can be confident that He knows what He's doing, even through all things. Because that quite often is where we fail, don't we? That's where our faith falters at times. When our faith should be growing, sometimes it falters. When we should be standing tall, we're not always going to. That don't, don't get that impression. When we should be standing tall, confident in God, sometimes we falter, don't we? I want you to know this morning, and I hope you walk away from this sermon knowing that you can live each day in confidence because of who God is. That starts with a confidence in His calling. That's the first thing I want you to notice this morning. Confidence in His calling. Look there at verse 28. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God. To them who are the called according to His purpose. You see, there is a who there. Do you see it? To them, to them that love God. To them who are the called according to His purpose. There's a focus. God is working for someone. Now listen, God works in all the world, that's for sure. He is sovereign Lord of all. He is in control of all things. So let's not get that impression. God is working in the world. Isaiah Verses like Isaiah 46 and 10 say this, I declare the end from the beginning, the things that not yet are as though they were. My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. He is God. He controls all things. Don't get that wrong. But he doesn't always work for good in the world, does he? Sometimes he works for judgment, doesn't he? Wasn't Babylon judged? Wasn't Media and Persia judged? Haven't we seen the judgment of God come down even on America in some ways as we walk away from him? Psalm chapter 2, or Psalm 2, excuse me, says this about the nations. Thou shalt break them with a rod of iron. Thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. God works in all the world, but sometimes it's not always for good. Sometimes it's for judgment. And though all the world wants to claim this, they want to open the Bible and see this, and this is what God is doing for me, the promise is for someone. He works all things for good to them who love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. To them that love God. Well, I think we would all say that we love God, right? I don't think anybody's going to say, I hate God or I kind of like God. If we're asked, we're probably all going to say, yeah, we love God. Well, that's fine. But actions speak louder than words, don't they? You could say you love your spouse, but if you never spend time with them and you never kiss them or hug them or show affections. You never tell them and you just kind of coexist. You never speak when you're at home and maybe you eat a meal together or maybe the most time you're, you're involved in other things and you're simply legally living together. That's not really love, is it? No, love is shown. Love is better shown than spoken. And there's a lot of people that may say they love God. That's fine. You say you love God, great. But do we show it? Do we seek to please Him? Do we speak with Him in prayer? Do we hear from Him as He speaks to us through His Word? Do we seek to please Him and follow the purpose that He has for me? Or do I say no? I love you. Hands off. There's a lot of that going around, isn't there? Do we follow His call? Do we allow the Spirit to lead us and Bring us to His purpose. 
Okay, so he's working for them that love God, and, and clearly that's going to be those who are following him. And so, so what is this calling? What is this purpose? I want you to look in verse 29. For whom he did foreknow, he did also predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son. God has a foreknown purpose. Listen, don't, every time you read predestinate in the Scriptures, don't go crazy. People see that and they start going crazy with the Calvinism and um, say things that uh, God has known all who would be saved before the world was ever created. Uh, he elected them before the world began and they will be saved. They will be saved by irresistible grace and they will never fall away because they are kept and preserved by Him. On the same hand, there are those who were elected to go to hell. They cannot ever be saved. They will never be saved. They will go to hell. Um, Of course, I don't believe like that. I don't believe the Scriptures teach that. Simply for verses like, Whosoever will may come. And verses like, God wants all men to be saved and to come to knowledge of the truth. And the Great Commission, go! If there... Election was true, we wouldn't have to go, they would come to us. But we're told to go, make disciples, preach the gospel to every creature. No, I believe this is not talking about person. That's the problem. When we, sometimes when we read the Bible, we focus everything on us. Oh, He predestinated me. He predestinated the plan. God's purpose was laid out before the world was ever made. Does, not, does it not say of Jesus that He is the Lamb slain before the foundation of the world? God knew that we would fall. God knew that man would need a Savior. That plan was established before creation ever happened. His purpose is foreknown. I know exactly what I'm going to do. I know exactly what salvation is. I know exactly what covenant relationship will be. Those who follow will follow the predestined plan. Redemption by the blood of Christ, by faith in Him, by His grace, was known before the world began. There has been a call to follow Him. You see that in the garden. You see that with Cain and Abel. You see that with Seth. You see that with Abraham. Doesn't He tell him, Before He gives the covenant, Abraham, walk before Me. Be righteous, and I will bless them that bless you and curse those that curse you. Follow Me. There was a call to the nation of Israel. Put away all the other gods. Don't worship anyone else. This is how you act. Follow Me. Follow this, and I will bless you. And of course, in the church, how was the church started? What did Jesus tell those disciples on the seashore? Come, follow Me. There's a call that has gone out through all the ages to follow God. Follow me through redemption. Follow me through the water. Follow me to join the called out assembly, the church. To be part of the body and bride of Christ. That is the calling and those who follow it are the called. And what is the plan through all of that? Whom He did foreknow, He did predestinate to be what? Conformed to the image of His Son. That's the plan. Through all of this, God is making us more like Christ. What a beautiful image. Doesn't the Bible say about Him that we see Him and He's full of grace and truth? We see the fullness of the Godhead bodily in Him. Ephesians 1 says He is the fullness that filleth all in all. We see everything that we need, everything that I want to be is in Jesus. And God is getting me to that. Changing me. Taking out the stuff that doesn't need to be there and changing me to be like Christ. You see that? Christ is the goal. I'm not the goal. You're not the goal. The person you might look up to the most is not the goal. Jesus is the goal. To be more like Christ. And God is working in our lives to bring us there. It says, he might, so that He might be the firstborn among many brethren. He's the example. You want to see what God wants to do with us? Look at Christ. The goal of God's working. Think about this. There might be people you know that are close to God. Maybe even yourself are close to God and you have a, a, a real vibrant relationship with Him. 
But may I say to you that the unity that Christ has with God, the relationship that Christ has with God, the fellowship that Christ has with God is like no one else ever. And the goal of God's working is to bring us up to that level. He is working in us. So each step that we take in His purpose is making you better. I can have confidence in the calling of God because I know the end goal. I follow His call. I'm obedient to Him. I do what He asks me to do. I follow His leading. And each step that I take in His calling, in His purpose, is making me better. God's plan for us is good. You may have a plan. I remember that in high school. We need to do one-year goals and five-year goals and ten-year goals. For a high school kid, you're not thinking about anything like that. Five years? When we're going to be in five years, ten years? I can't even, I can't wait for 2.30 to come so I, can't get out, I can get out of this classroom. That's my plan. That's the way high school kids think, but they try to, to do that. Well, where are you going to be in five years and what do you see yourself doing? I have no idea. I think as we, we get a little older, maybe we try to plan, certainly when retirement age starts creeping up, right, and some of these things begin to understand, or maybe we want to buy a house, or maybe we want to buy a car, or maybe we want to have this job, whatever. There's nothing wrong with that stuff. We should be good stewards. And I'm sure your plan is pretty good. God's is better in every way. God's calling for you is better in every way. You see, He is good, and His calling is good. And His purpose is good. To make us more like Christ, to get us on that level in our relationship and unity and fellowship with God. Even if we don't understand it at times, I can have confidence in God's calling. That's why I know salvation is good for everyone. Because it's bringing us closer to Christ, right? It saves us from hell. It gives us an eternal home in heaven. That's why I know baptism in the church and living faithfully is, is good for everyone because that's God's purpose, to bring us into a unity with Him to be like Christ. Sometimes that is through all things. The second thing I want you to know that we can have confidence is in God's faithfulness. I can have confidence in God's calling. We can have confidence in God's faithfulness. Look at verse 30. Moreover, whom He did predestinate, them He also called. And whom He called, them He also justified. And whom He justified, them He also glorified. Again, it's simple. God lays out the plan and says, here, follow it. There's a call given. This is the plan for Redemption, this is a plan for reconciliation back to me. Will you follow the call? That's the question that God asks. And those who do, what does it say? Them He called, He also justified. We've spent time with that before in past messages. It means He makes me right. He makes me righteous in His sight. He takes away my sins. He takes away the things that would come in between Him and me. And they're removed. They are forgiven. And I can stand before God righteous. Chapter 5 says this, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I can stand before Him right. My life, my actions, my words can be justified. In verse 5 it says this, excuse me, verse 4, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. I can do right and righteous things through Christ who works in me. So we can stand before Him justified. It's that last part that I want you to focus on. Whom He did predestinate, them He also called. I hope you've experienced that. I hope you experienced the call of God in your life, whether it's to salvation or to service. I hope that you followed that. Them who He called, He justified. I hope that you know what it means to, to be born again, to be saved, and to have that relationship with Him, and to be walking with Him. The last part, them He justified, excuse me, whom He justified, them He also glorified. Well, wait a second. That talks about Heaven, doesn't it? 
the redemption of our body where it just talked about a few verses up when sin is gone. We have a new glorified body to be in His presence and with Him forevermore. That hasn't happened yet. The other stuff has. So what's Paul talking about? Paul speaks as if this is a done deal already. Well, listen. It is. It is because God is that faithful. You understand? He's not going to bring you this far and then leave you. Paul says, listen, he's done all of this work. He's told us about this glorious hope. He's going to get us there. That's going to happen. It's not some fairy tale. Peter says it's a living hope. It's what we stand on. It's what gets us through each day. Philippians chapter 1 says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He's began that work in me. He's going to continue that work until I stand before him with a perfect glorified new body. Ephesians chapter 1 says the Holy Spirit is a down payment. Until the redemption of the purchased possession." We have the Holy Spirit to ensure us that God is going to do what He says. He's going to glorify us. It will happen. And it is our blessed living hope. God is faithful. I hope you know that this morning. He is faithful. He's going to do all that He told you He will. We can have faith in His purpose. And we know that He is faithful. We have confidence in His faithfulness. He's going to do what He said. So you can know and be confident that He's going to get you there. Last thing to consider this morning is we can be confident in His plan. Verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good. Well, that's the catch, isn't it? All things. All. All. Well, listen, I can see some things really clearly. I can see some things working for my good, like the good things in life, like the blessings. I know that God is working for my good when I'm happy, healthy, and wealthy. And everything's smooth sailing and there's no problems. God is good. We say that, don't we? And it's really easy to see His working. I like some things. I like those things. I think God is really good when He does those things. But sometimes I don't like all things. And I'm pretty sure you don't either. I don't like things in life that hurt me. Because we can be, right? Life can hurt us. Life can wound us. People can wound us. There's things in life that just don't make sense. Even things that bring destruction and our lives are changed forever. I don't like those things. But the Bible says all things. There's some things I don't plan for to happen. See, we, I think we all have a general ha- a plan or expectation for our life, don't we? And it's probably usually pretty good. You know, we, we know bad things are going to happen. I know it's going to happen. I know... People are going to die. People are going to disappoint me. But let's keep that to a minimum and let's keep the good most of what I experience. Let's, let's try to keep the outlook majorly positive. And I wonder if there's an expectation in our minds or in our hearts for God to honor that. For God to hold to that. Listen, God, this is what I want to happen. Can you please just do that? And if you do, everything will be perfect. Sometimes I think we think like that, whether we say it or not, but I think it's evidenced by the questions we ask when something does happen, because what usually comes out of our mouth first? Why? Why did this happen? It's not wrong to ask that. But I think there's times we don't understand what God is doing, because we had a plan. This is what I thought was going to happen. So what do we do when it isn't according to plan? When it isn't good? When life stinks? I mean, is is that a reflection on God's character all of a sudden? Am I to lose confidence in His calling for me? Am I to lose confidence in His faithfulness to do what He said? 
Because something bad happens? Is all of a sudden God not good when bad things happen? Listen, there's some things we need to understand if you don't already. Life happens. Life happens. Some things we might walk through and we might go through that might be directly given to us or ordained by God. God might lead us through a valley. God might specifically take us through a trial. Doesn't he tell Peter, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you? That's a, that's a trial that God allowed. And sometimes he allows things in our life, doesn't he? But sometimes life just happens. We live, we live in a sinful, fallen world with sinful, broken people all around us. And sometimes things just happen. Christianity isn't a get-out-of-life-free card to where now I'm exempted from everything bad in life. The Bible promises no such thing. You know what it does promise? Those who will live for Christ will suffer persecution. Blessed are, they when men shall, blessed are you when men shall revile you and hate you for my name's sake. That's kind of the things that the Bible promises us. It's not going to be exactly easy. But I think sometimes when we're saved and we're trying to follow God the best we can, we think that, well, now I'm protected from everything bad. God may. He may protect you. I think He does in many things. But you know what? Sometimes things just happen. The Bible is full of examples of that. Christians experience the same thing everyone else does. We get cancer. We get sick. Christians have marriage problems. Family problems. Christians get divorced. Christians lose jobs or homes. They lose spouses or children to death. People are mean and hurtful to us. Sometimes it's even other Christians. Some struggle with depression. And sadly, even substance abuse. We all experience pain and loss and fear in trials. And we too ask questions like, what is going on? Why, Lord? We find ourselves facing situations we don't want to. Lord, I don't want this to happen. I'm walking through this valley and I just want out of it. I'm sure we've all found ourselves in a place like that, haven't we? I'm scared. I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't understand, Lord. Just like everyone else. But there's one major thing that should set us apart. Should. Sometimes we fail. And sometimes we are weak. You see that in Scripture. Okay? David asks questions, doesn't he? Job himself. If you read the book of Job, there's chapters, full chapters of him saying, what did I do? Tell me, Lord, what did I do? What's going on? Because your hand is heavy upon me. Either kill me or tell me because I can't take this anymore. That's what Job says. And the Bible also says in all of it, Job didn't sin. So it's not, it's not a sin to ask questions or to, to vent your feelings for God or to be weak at some times. It's okay not to be okay. You understand that? Even if you're especially when you're going through a trial. It's okay not to be okay. It's okay to be weak. It's okay to falter a little bit. We all do. But we have verses like this to help us through these things that rather giving in to the fear or the pain and the loss, we can have in those things a confidence, a knowledge of who is working in it. Who is working in all areas, all situations of my life? God is. And God is faithful. He's going to bring me to His purpose. God is 
I have confidence in His calling that God is going to be good to that. He's trying to make me more like Christ. And I have confidence that in between, everything's covered. I have that deep down assurance. He's got this. I may not see how. I may not understand. I may not even see any part of good in it. But there's an assurance down deep in my heart. Okay, Lord, you said all things work together for good. There's that confidence that helps us. It gives us something to stand on, doesn't it? I'm not alone in this. God's here with me. And I know that this situation is working together with His good plan and purpose to produce good for me. Because God is good. And the goal is good. I didn't say that would be easy. I didn't say that would be clear all the time. Sometimes we don't understand it. We say, why this, Lord? Why this? Couldn't it have been something else? Why this? Sometimes we don't want it at all. You know what? You're not alone. What did Jesus pray in the garden? If there's any other way, Lord, do it. If it is possible, let this cup pass from me. What's the phrase that changes everything? Nevertheless, nevertheless, not my will but thine be done. Sometimes we question, sometimes we don't understand. There are hard moments and our faith is shaken. In those moments, we need to fall back on God's faithfulness. To consider and think about all that He's done for us. You know that in your life. All that God has done, how He's brought you to where you are today. And we need to look to His purpose and ask for strength to walk in this moment. Because there is good on the other side. We might not see it, we might not even perceive how, but there is good. And there might be good we may never experience unless we walk through some things. We can see God's power displayed like no other. Sometimes the most in trials. We can feel His presence and His closeness. We can see our own heart healed. We can see relationships healed. We can see Christ portrayed. Sometimes like no other time but in trials. We can come through it with strength now for helping others when we couldn't before. And know joy and peace we never thought we could know because God is good. Listen, I want you to know this morning, God makes no mistakes. There's not a moment where something happens and He says, Oh, wow, didn't see that coming. What am I going to do now? God makes no mistakes. He knows what He is doing. He knows what He is doing. He knows exactly what His plan for you is, and that plan is good. Jeremiah 29, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, saith the Lord. The thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you an expected end. I know what I'm doing. God can and God will use all things for your good. Yes, even things like cancer. Even things like divorce. Even things like job loss. Fill in the blank. Whatever it is, that can be a tool in the hand of God to conform us to the image of Christ. He is working all things for our good. Maybe we wouldn't have chosen some of those, but God can use them. So we need to trust Him. You know what? God can even use things I lead myself into. Because <laughs> let's be honest, sometimes we don't listen. We are in a place of covering and shelter, right? And then we walk away and we royally mess things up, don't we? Well, you know what? God can use my failures and my stupid mistakes for my good. He can take something I've totally broken, put it back together and say, look, it's better now, isn't it? In ways I never imagined to bring me 
closer to Christ and to make me stronger. God can use all things. Not just things that happen to us, some of the things that I do. Even things others might do to you, God can use. Think of Joseph and all that he went through. At any point in time, he could have said, I don't, God, I don't understand, I'm done. But he didn't, did he? What does he say at the end of it all in Genesis 50? As for you, ye thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much alive. It's amazing what God can do and how He works through all things. Psalm 25 says, All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth unto such as keep His covenant. Think about it. Truly think about it. How merciful God has been to you. How gracious God has been to you. Even through the times you thought you wouldn't get through. You're standing here today in His mercy and in His truth, aren't you? I can look back on times in my life and I saw it. I see it now. Probably didn't see it at the time. I saw God working, and I can say, yep, God used that for my good. There's not a place where I look back in my life, and I hope not for you either, where I say, yeah, God messed up. I, I, don't, I don't understand what He was doing. No, I see. I understand. He's good. God is good. What's that phrase? All the time. <laughs> and through all things. Okay, so we know that. But what about when it feels too hard? What about when we feel like giving up? I'm done. Verse 26, don't forget. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searches the heart knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit. God knows our hearts. God knows the trouble we're going through. And He's going to be there to help us. He'll walk us through it. It sounds so simple, and the principle really is, but I hope I've given a little bit more color to it. Trust God. Because God is good. It's all good because of Him. We can be confident in some things as we face trials. Confident of His calling, confident of His purpose, and confident that He's going to get me there. I can't say it as good as Paul does. I try. (laughs) I don't live up to the standard. Sometimes the Bible speaks better than we ever could. Verse 31. What shall we say to these things? What are we going to say to all that God has done? All that He's worked for in the past. Salvation, baptism, church membership, His guidance, the glory that's going to wait. What do we say to this? If God be for us, who can be against us? You understand where you stand as His child? Ain't nobody going to take you down. Ain't nobody going to take you away from that. You are His with His presence and His working. Stand on that. If God be for me, nobody can stand against me. Nothing and no one. That's what we say to these things that we face. If God be for us, who can be against it? He that spared not His own Son, but delivered us up for us all, how shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? There are things that God wants to lead you into, that God wants to give you freely. We should trust Him. Who's going to take that away from us? Nobody. Who's going to be against that? No, we can be assured of God's love for us because we see the cross. That's what we need to look for about God's care and God's love for us. He gave Christ for us, didn't He? He that spared not His Son, will He not freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect? People are going to talk. People are going to say. People are going to call out your sins. It is God that justifieth. Say what you want about my past. Say what you want about... My failings, I am justified in the sight of God. So people talk, let them talk. You stand justified by God, not man. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who maketh intercession for us. Bring it up. Bring up my failings. I rest in Christ and my forgiveness in Him. 
Yes, I may fail. Yes, I may falter. Christ has not only died, but is risen again to forgive me and justify me before God. That's where you stand on this morning. Verse 35, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, hard times, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword, as it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long, and we are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Sometimes it feels like that, right? This is killing me, Lord. And there were people in the past that would actually Say that in truth. We are being killed. They are taking the lives of your servant. Sometimes it feels like the tribulation is too much. The distress, the persecution is too much. And what does Paul say? Is that going to separate me from God's love? Is something that happens to me, something that somebody does to me, something I maybe even lead myself into, is that going to separate me from Christ? Verse 37, No! In all these things we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. Not around these things. Not staying out of these things. In these things. In tribulation. In distress. God works as as only He can. And we are shown just how powerful He is. Just how good He is. In all these things, we are more than conquerors. More than conquerors. Why? Because God is good. Think cancer is going to conquer me? Got another thing coming. You think a job loss is going to conquer me? You got another thing coming. You think anything's going to conquer me? No. All things work together for my good. And that will not separate me from God's love. In fact, God can lead me through it and make me more than a conqueror. For I am persuaded, verse 38, that neither death... You you hear that? That's probably number one on the worst thing that could happen. Death. I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature. Nothing. Nothing you could think of. No one you could think of. No situation you could think of. Nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. God loves you so much. Don't ever doubt that. Don't let the present circumstances cloud that. We might not understand what is going on. We might not understand God's working, but we can be assured of His presence in it. So if you're going through a trial, if you're going through a hard time, look for God in it. Search for God in it if you have to. Beg for Him to make Himself seen in it. But rest on the confidence, nothing's going to separate you. If God before you, who's going to be against you? He knows what He's doing, and He's doing this for your good. Because His calling is good, He is faithful in His calling, and He will be faithful in His plan for you. I said it before, I'll say it again, chances are you've felt this way before. We felt this way before, we didn't understand before, we were scared before, we couldn't see what God was doing. There was a situation perhaps you saw no hope and no good in, but He brought you through, didn't He? He brought you through and you stood on that solid ground again to know God's power and God's faithfulness. He hasn't dropped the ball or left the job. What is one of the great promises of Scripture? I will never leave you nor forsake you. I'm here. And I'm good. And this will be for your good. So keep confidence in Him. Through all things. Listen, I'm not going to stand up here and say that I've got this down pat. We all struggle with it, don't we? We all struggle with it. This part of the weakness of the flesh... 
And if you find yourself at this point this morning, it's okay. It's okay. You don't have to hide it and say, well, everything's fine. We do that, right? You okay? Yeah. When you're not, it's okay. Don't let somebody get in your head about what you're supposed to act like, especially yourself. I'm supposed to be strong. Sometimes we need to fall on our knees and say, Lord, I need help. I know who you are, but I need help with the right now. It's mirrored in the statement of that father. I believe, help my unbelief. Life can be hard. Things in it can be hard, but God is bigger and God is better. And he's working in those things for your good. Because he's making us better. We just need strength to see it sometimes, don't we? We need a strengthening of our faith. So stand in that confidence. Confidence of who He is and what He's done and that He's going to get you there. Nothing's going to separate you from His love and it could be the chance for Him to show you His love like never before. I pray for grace. For me and for you that we would stand in that confidence each and every day that we walk with God in each and every situation that we find ourselves in. Let's, let's bow our heads if you would. Father, I thank you for your goodness. I thank you for the grace that you've had on us and the ways that you've worked in all of our lives, Lord. I ask for strength and for grace for each one of us, especially myself, Lord, when things get hard and things aren't good as I would call them, Lord, that you would open my eyes in faith and help me to see you in it. Help us to see your faithfulness, your purpose for us, all that you've done for us and all the promises that you've kept and that you will keep. And ask that you give us strength right here in the hard times. That we would know you love us You are caring for us. You are helping us. And you will bring us through whatever we may face, Lord. I ask that you would take the words of this message, apply them to hearts as you see fit, that you would draw those who need to be drawn by the Spirit, convict those that need convicting, and strengthen those who need strengthening. I thank you for all that you've done. In Jesus' precious name I pray, amen.